For over 6,000 years, the carnal world's greatest minds have attempted to debunk the words of God found in the majority text Holy Bible. They have failed time after miserable time. Satan originated today's mantra in the Garden of Eden when he challenged the scriptures and said to our great-grandmother Eve, Yea, hath God said. Today the question persists and the answer is the same. Yes, God hath said. Now for today's subject. God said concerning the nature of carnal man in Second Timothy chapters 3, verse 7, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. And then God speaks in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 18 through 21, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that in the wisdom of God the world by wisdom knew not God, it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Man said that he himself is the creator of God and that his great intellect is his strength. In his marvelous mind man supposes that he is all there is. According to man we evolved over billions of years without any input of God. One of man's latest discoveries is that we are related to the banana. Sound absurd? Click on to Their Imaginations Became Vain on this website for more of this absurd banana man story. Now the record. God said that unrepented man is ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. The following examples will prove the veracity of this statement and the word of God in general. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 3. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. The following comment was found in the New Scientist in an article by Harold Pautoff titled, Everything from Nothing. And now to the biggest question of all. Where did the universe come from? Or in modern terminology, what started the Big Bang? Could quantum fluctuations of empty space have something to do with this as well? Edward Tyrone of the City University of New York thought so in uh, 1973 when he proposed that our universe may have originated as a fluctuation of a vacuum on a large scale as simply one of those things which happen from time to time. This idea was later refined and updated within the context of inflationary cosmology by Alexander Vilikin of Tufts University, who proposed that the universe is created by quantum tunneling from literally nothing into the something we call the universe. Man said that all has been created out of basically nothing. God said that he created all that you see out of that which is invisible. Man is getting close, but still never coming to the knowledge of the truth. In six days, God created all that you see. The host of heaven was created on the fourth day for the purpose of serving the earth. The earth is the center of attention. Stephen Hawking, in his book, A Brief History of Time, seems to be tripping over the truth. It reads, now at first sight, all of this evidence that the universe looks the same whichever direction we look in might seem to suggest there is something special about our place in the universe. In particular, it might seem that if we observe all other galaxies to be moving away from us, then we must be at the center of the universe. There is, however, an alternative explanation. End of quote. God said in Genesis chapter 1, verse 3, And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. 
During the creation week, this act took place on the very first day. Yet the sun, moon, and stars were not created until the fourth day. So God said, light before the sun. In Science Digest, the following paragraph was found. A.G.W. Cameron, a Goddard Institute lecturer and professor at Yeshiva University of New York, suggests that the creation of the solar system might have occurred in a matter of a few thousand years. Indeed, he suggests it might have taken place so rapidly that the Earth and some of the planets could have formed shortly before the sun did, which in view of traditional thought is a revolutionary proposal. Victor Weisskopf, professor emeritus and former head physics, MIT, had this to say in an article titled The Origin of the Universe. Indeed, the Judeo-Christian tradition describes the beginning of the world in a way that is surprisingly similar to the scientific model. Previously, it seemed scientifically unsound to have light before the sun. The present scientific view does indeed assume the early universe to be filled with various kinds of radiation long before the sun was created. Ever learning, but never coming to the knowledge of the truth. God said that man is made out of dirt, Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. And then again in Job chapter 10, verse 9. Remember, I beseech thee, that thou hast made me as the clay, and wilt thou bring me into dust again? So then God created us out of dirt and informed us of it thousands of years ago. Now here comes the science. In a recent Newsweek magazine article titled Life from Clay, the following story was printed. As if the biblical tale of man's creation from the dust of the ground was haunting their unconscious minds, NASA chemists have presented evidence that life on Earth may have gotten its start in clay. They have shown that clays attract the organic molecules that make up protein and DNA, the ingredients of life, possibly from the sea during high tides. The clays might then trigger chemical reactions that string the building blocks into proteins and DNA. The latest experiments show how, according to NASA's Leela Coyne, a clay's scavenge energy released by such natural processes as radioactive decay. They store the energy in the form of trapped electrons and then release it when subjected to stress, an earthquake, for example, or from wetting and drying as the tides rise and recede. Says Coyne, the ability of clays to store energy, catalyze reactions, and perhaps self-replicate all attributes of living systems is forcing us to re-examine at very fundamental levels the definition of life. Ever learning but never reaching the source of all truth. For more information, click on Demand from Dirt on this website. The Holy Bible records that in the beginning, nearly 6,000 years ago, God created one common earthly father and one common mother. God said in Genesis chapter 5, verses 1 and 2, This is the book of the generations of Adam. In the day that God created man, in the likeness of God made he him. Male and female created he them and blessed them, and called their name Adam in the day when they were created. Concerning one common mother of all mankind, Berkeley biochemists Wilson, Kahn, and Stone King have weighed in in favor of Eve. An original 1987 study involved mtDNA, taken from 136 women of various racial profiles and from selected parts of the world. The analysis led back to a single ancestral mtDNA molecule from a woman living in sub-Saharan Africa. This was reported to be about 200,000 years ago, 
which is still a long shot from the 6,000 original years, see 6,000-year-old Earth on this website. An additional more rigorous 1991 study appears to confirm and secure the theory. A bitter flap has emerged between old-line anthropologists who claim no common origin of man and an evolution of at least a million years and their newer anthropological counterparts. In an article in Newsweek dated January 11, 1998, it reads, This time, however, the argument involves a new breed of anthropologists who work in air-conditioned American laboratories, uh, laboratories instead of uh, desiccated African rift valleys. Trained in molecular biology, they look at an international assortment of genes and picked up a trail of DNA that led them to a single woman from whom we are all descended. October 6, 1999, published by Daily Insight, a publication of the American Association for the Advancement of Science in the article titled Southern African Eve, the following was taken. Twelve years ago, scientists at the University of California, Berkeley, concluded from DNA studies that Eve, an ancestor common to all modern humans, was an African. Now scientists in South Africa have tracked Eve to the Khosian peoples, who are the oldest indigenous group in Southern Africa. The findings presented at a recent human evolution meeting at Cold Spring Harbor Laboratory in New York complement data from the male side. Y chromosome studies had previously pegged the Khosian among a handful of groups with Y chromosomes most closely resembling those of a common ancestor who lived in Africa 145,000 years ago. Mike Hammer of the University of Arizona, Tucson, who took part in the Y chromosome study, says the latest mtDNA work provides important confirmation of the team's work. In an article published by the French press agency February 23, 1998, titled Scientist Traces All DNA Routes to Africa, the following was reported from Vatican City. The first man and woman lived up to 200,000 years ago in an earthly paradise somewhere in the southern or northeastern Africa, according to the Jesuit father Angelo Serra, professor of genetics at Rome's uh, Catholic University. Serra made the claim during a speech on the origins of man delivered to the General Assembly of the Pontifical Academy of Life, which began on Monday in the Vatican. The priest said his view was widely held as a result of research carried out in 1996 by academics in California and Arizona. Sarah argued that this research supported the monogenous theory of only one Adam and one Eve, one common mother and one common father. They're getting close, but still not reaching the prize. Satan, in the form of a serpent, approached Eve in the Garden of Eden and convinced her to reject the word of God. Because of the serpent's deed, it was cursed to crawl upon its belly. Genesis chapter 3, verses 14 and 15. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle, and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shalt thou go, and thus shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Just recently, new discoveries report that the snake had legs. I must mention, however, that although these discoveries are reported as new, this information has existed for decades. Through biological examination, John Crompton, an evolutionist and snake authority who authored the book Snake Lore, discovered that at one time the snake that now crawls upon its belly once had legs. As a matter of fact, at this present time, the snake has not completely gotten rid of its legs. 
Tiny vestigials remain of what were once hind legs and are found inside the bodies of many snakes. Crompton's record is supported by Klaus Greel's book titled Snakes. Greel points out that primitive snakes, such as boas and pythons, still show vestigial pelvic bones and anal spurs that represent the remnants of hind legs. For more information, see Snakehead Legs on this website. Man is ever learning, but still never coming to the knowledge of the truth. God's word declares in Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 2, Vanity of vanities, saith the preacher, vanity of vanities, all is vanity. Vanity, by definition, means emptiness, untruth, worthless, having no substance, value, or importance, unreal, void. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 17, All nations before him are as nothing, and they are counted to him less than nothing in vanity. In a 2002 article in Discover magazine, Science Weighs In. According to Einstein's theory of relativity, the energy of a gravitational field is negative. The energy of matter, however, is positive. So the entire universe creation scenario could unfold without breaking conservation of energy laws. The positive energy of all matter in the universe could be precisely counterbalanced by the negative energy of all the gravity in the universe. This also is more than theory. Observations are consistent with this idea, and calculations totaling up all the matter and gravity in the observable universe indicate that the two values seem to precisely counterbalance. All matter plus all gravity equals zero, so the universe could come from nothing because it is fundamentally nothing. Vanity of vanities. Ever learning but always falling short. For more information on this subject, click on to You Will Not Believe What They Discovered on this website. God said in Second Peter chapter 3, verses 10-12, through 12, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat, the earth also and all the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation in godliness, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of, the, of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat? Now science has also come to the conclusion that the world shall come to an end. There is a scientific law called the second law of thermodynamics, which is also the law of entropy, and it basically says all things go from order to disorder, from life to death. Great examples would be the Earth's magnetic field, your house, your car, your body, the sun, etc. Albert Einstein called this law the premier law of all science. The following is a quote from K. Mendelssohn. Speculations which have intrigued the philosophers more than the physicists concern the ultimate fate of the universe as a consequence of the second law of thermodynamics. There ought to exist a most probable and therefore final state of maximum entropy. Once this is attained, nothing more can happen and all processes, including those of life, must come to an end. This entropy death seems to be as inescapable as the disillusion in a Buddhist nirvana and equally far off. We have at present no evidence of any failure of the second law, nor can we see how such failure could be accommodated in our physical world. However, most physicists are adverse to extrapolations involving the beginning or end of our time scale. 
Friedhof Capra, one of the world's leading New Age scientists, had this to offer. According to the second law, some mechanical energy is always dissipated in the heat that cannot be completely recovered. Thus, the entire world machine is running down and will eventually grind to a halt. Some have even speculated that the world's end will be the result of a devastating explosion and consuming fire. Man is ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth that God created all things by his only begotten son, Christ Jesus, and that to escape the judgment of an angry God, salvation must be gained through Christ's cleansing blood. For information, click on the Further with Jesus on this website. God said that man is ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Man said that he himself is the creator of God and that his great intellect is his strength and his marvelous mind. Man supposes he is all there is. But now you have the record.